folks. Welcome back to another episode of the Big DK Energy Podcast. My name is Danny K, or the DK in the Big DK Energy. And recently, I was at the movies, and I had such a great time. And speaking of movies, today's guest is in the world of that. Having joined Millennium Media in 2011, he's worked on over 50-plus films during his tenure, including The Expendable series, Olympus Has Fallen, London Has Fallen, Angel Has Fallen, and The Hitman's Bodyguard. After meeting him, I decided that I definitely wanted to bring him on the show, so I think all of you are in for a treat. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming today's guest, the co-president of Millennium Media. Mr. Jonathan Younger. Hi there. Thanks for having me. How's it going? Good. Good. Finally back in Los Angeles. I was in Florida for a while. Yeah, actually, uh, that's where we first met. Yep. I am in the office for the first time since November. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, I bet. How's the weather over there right now compared to Florida? It's pretty shitty. You know, it's been raining. It's supposed to rain all week. And the thing about it is like, People aren't used to having rain in Southern California, so just drizzling, you know, people are like, oh, I'm, I'm not going out, I'm, I'm staying in, you know. <laughs> in Florida, we're used to rain every five minutes, you know. See, I was about to say, like, you know, since you've actually, since you're from that area, kinda, you're kind of used to it. Yeah. Oh, totally. I have no. I actually don't mind it. You know, it's it's nice, and they could really use the rain here. You know, it's so dry here all the time. That's what everyone keeps telling me. And the funny thing is that I was actually born in California, but I haven't been back since. So you don't remember much. Correct. Yeah, my dad was in the army, so he moved around a lot. Remember? Oh, was he? Yeah. What part of the army was he? So he was a helicopter pilot, and then um, did some intelligence work as well. Oh, he's my demographic for the outpost. Actually, you're right. He does love all those like war stuff. And uh, sometimes when I'm with him, he tells me like little bits of what he learned from the army. But speaking of moving around a lot, when I was younger, you did that too. I did. I was born in South Carolina. My family's from Israel. So oh, they immigrated in, um, <laughs> they immigrated in the 80s to South Carolina. That's where a lot of Israelis were immigrating then. Really? Uh, there? Yeah, because they, they worked a lot in the beachwear business. You know, all those tchotchkes, those stores that sell. Oh, you're you know, right. All those stores that sell all the boogie boards and the bathing suits and all the tchotchkes. Okay, now that so you mention they, it, that makes sense. Yeah, so I was born there, but I don't remember. I was about a year old, and then we moved to New Jersey, to Bergen County. And then in 1995, we moved to, to Miami, Miami, Florida. I think I was about seven or eight years old when we moved to Florida. So I remember New Jersey as a kid growing up. It was a lovely place to grow up. And then coming to Miami in 95. My family's still there now. My wife and I actually, we were there from November to now, uh, just spending time with family. I was still working out of there. We kind of, Millennium kind of does work out of Miami also. Oh, really? Our chairman lives there. So it's, I get the best of both worlds when I go there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's like, you barely have to walk anywhere or I guess, you know, there is that mobile option. But then again, it's just like, I just need to get something from the store. Why not stop by the office? But I'm not surprised that a chairman would have a house in Miami. I mean, as you know, it's a very nice area. Yes, exactly. Especially that Biscayne Bay, Bain area. Although I will say Ives Dairy is a horrible road to drive on. Yeah, oh, yeah it got worse and worse. I actually got into a really, really bad car accident on Ives Dairy Road when I was 16 years old. Ooh. Yeah, in the rain. Everybody was okay, thank God. But Ives Dairy was always a wild road. Yeah, and I'm not surprised about the rain either. It seems like everyone forgets how to drive in the rain. Is it like that in L.A.? Yes, yes. when it's just drizzling now and it just drizzles and people just forget how to drive. <laughs> oh, man, that's freaking insane. I bet those roads with all that traffic can get action-packed based on all those bad drivers. Yeah, but, I, but you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty patient uh, when I drive. You know, it is what it is. I listen to podcasts. Like big DK energy. Oh, you're too sweet. So, um, 
you know, it's just, it is what it is. It's a lesson in patience. Awesome. And speaking of patience, how long did you, uh, hold on, sorry, my camera just stopped for some odd reason. But yeah, uh, while I'm fixing this, uh, how about you go ahead and tell us your journey from Florida to where you are now? Uh, well, I, I always wanted to be in the movie business since I was a kid. It's all I ever studied. It's all I ever knew from doing theater as an actor to making short films and all that stuff. But it was something that I always wanted to do. And I actually, after high school, I moved to Israel for a while and I was studying in yeshiva there. Then I came back, got into Florida Atlantic University. Wait, yeshiva? You want to become like a rabbi? Stuff. No, I just like this learn, you know, I had no intention of becoming. You don't go to yeshiva just because you want to become a rabbi. You go because you want to learn. Oh, I never knew that. And, I just thought um, that's where rabbis went. I'm very connected. I'm very, I'm very connected to my Judaism. So um, I lived in New York then for a while. I was studying at the Lee Strasberg School. I did this this joint program that they had with the Actors Studio. And then I came back to Florida. Still wanted to be a filmmaker and an actor. And I just couldn't decide where to go or what I was going to do. And I knew I had to get to Los Angeles, but I just didn't have the guts yet. So I started working at an insurance company. <laughs> and I was like, oh, is this going to be my life now? You know, I'm just going to work as an insurance salesman. And I actually got fired. From there, the owner of the company fired me on the basis that I will move to Los Angeles because I was like bringing my camera to work and making short films. I was a terrible employee at the insurance company, <laughs> horrible. And they fired me, you know, rightfully so. And so, uh, but it was on the condition that I moved to Los Angeles. And so she gave me a check. And three weeks later, I packed my stuff up in a car and just drove out west. And the rest is history. I got to Los Angeles. I didn't know anyone. Um, my first few months, I booked a commercial as an actor, a Pizza Hut commercial, which I think is on YouTube somewhere if you type my name in. Is it true that uh, you can't I, out Pizza the Hut? Yes, you can't out Pizza the Hut. So, um, yeah, so basically you know, I lived in L.A. and then I didn't know I was going. And then I got connected with Avi Lerner via my partner today, my partner, Jeffrey Greenstein. And he was looking for an assistant. And that was about 12 and a half years ago. And I stayed with Millennium. And today, uh, Jeffrey and I run the company. Look at that. Wow. We kind of rebuilt the slate and we're working on a lot of stuff between our franchises and new things. And this Friday, we have a movie coming out January 13th called The Offering. Yes, I saw that. Film set in the Hasidic Jewish community. Or at least I saw I about it. Yeah. And I actually have a screening tonight where I'm doing a Q&A tonight and tomorrow night. And, oh, you know, we'll see what it does. We'll see how well it does. And we're shooting another movie right now called Dirty Angels. And this movie Subservience with Megan Fox, which is like an ex machina meets the hand that rocks the cradle. Ooh. So um, we're moving and grooving, man. Sounds like it. Wow. From being fired from your insurance job to co-president. I also lived in my car when I first moved to LA too. Well, look at look at where you are now, man. You're in such a great position. And, uh, you know, based on the story that you just said, it's all well-deserved. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Um, I hope it lasts. We'll see. I'm very, very grateful. Based on the movies that you put out, you know, we're grateful that you were with them. Because, you know, some of the movies that, you know, you worked on during your time while there um, have been some of my favorites. They're not like, for me... Oscar candidates, but you know, I just love to like watch them, you know, when I need a good adrenaline boost. Sure. A lot of high octane. Yeah. So, uh, what is it like working with like high octane movies like that? It's great. I mean, look, you're dealing with a lot of personalities, you know, these older action stars and actors. So, basically, you're putting them in the position and the director in a position where you can empower them the most so they can go off and make their movie. But it's really fun. You know, people love it. And they sell really well. And we're now we're at this point 
where we're taking these movies and parlaying the IP into television shows and location-based entertainment and things like that to let the franchises live on. We have a new Expendables coming out in September, Expendables 4. It was really fun. Yes, we do. You heard it here. Uh, the movie's in post right now, and it's great. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Um, and we're working on a couple of other ones, a couple of our other franchises. I mean, I think in, in the works, you know, we probably we have a new Rambo in the works. A fifth one? And, um, and then we're building new ones. A third round, a sixth one. Okay, no, 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 you're right, actually, because um, I was looking at the Rambo lineage, and I remember seeing the fourth movie, you know, just labeled Rambo, and so I was like, is this considered Rambo Four, or is it just called Rambo? And they just called it Rambo, and then the other one, the last one, the one we did before was called Rambo Last Blood. I actually just saw that two weeks ago. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, because ripped that one, that whole stuff, all that stuff in the caves. We were we shot Rambo at the same time we shot the Outpost, so I was going from set to set. Oh, what was that like? Hopefully it wasn't like, you know, 10 minutes in between sets or anything like that, or was it? No, I mean, there was like an hour between, but I stayed mostly on the outpost. We divided and conquered. My partner was on Rambo Last Blood because I am also I was also one of the main actors in the outpost, so I had to stick around. And the outpost was my baby, so I wanted to be around for that. And um, in my opinion, it's the most important movie I ever made, So especially the, what it's done for people awareness so i was gonna ask did you have to do any military training before going into that film yeah how long did that take how long did that take a few weeks we put all the actors through it we brought these guys this guy jericho denman and ray mendoza Um, they were our technical advisors and they put the guys through boot camp and they're great ray was a seal for 16 years jericho was a ranger for 20 years great guys they ripped our actors into shape and not just that they (laughs) created this kind of like team mentality this brotherhood mentality that you can't fake that so we had them sleeping together training together eating together so that they were constantly together and they took care of each other like a real team oh that's beautiful you know Uh, and um it was one of those movies where everything came together right and you know all we cared about when we were shooting is to do right by the gold star families in the fallen and we did that's a beautiful sentiment. And um, actually, since my father was in the military, I remember him, I believe it was one Veterans Day, he took us to Arlington National Cemetery and uh, took us to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And so just seeing that is it's a beautiful memorial to those who um, were never identified. Yeah. You know, the movie was recently honored a few months ago in Columbus, Ohio, at the National Veterans Memorial Museum. It was back in October, around the anniversary of the battle, which is October 3rd. And I hadn't known how much work and how much of an impact it made in the world of, you know, vets dealing with PTSD. And so going there, they had this whole event. We did this Q&A and Rod Lurie, the director was there, and my friend Paul Merriman, another one of our producers, and Jericho Denman, our TA, he was there. And we were all kind of had this weekend, this lovely weekend where we were hanging out with vets. And we had this um, whole... uh, ceremony that was they were doing in Q&A and we were going through scenes of the movie and discussing them and what's crazy is that we had actual wives of veterans that were there talking about how the the movie saved their marriage and I was like whoa please elaborate on that yeah for real wife of a vet so you know my husband came back he wasn't talking about the war. He wasn't talking about Afghanistan and it was causing a rift between us. He was cold and he was going through a lot. And when the outpost came out, that was something he was able to identify with and say to his wife, this is kind of like what I went through. And that started the conversation. And I heard this from dozens of wives of vets. 
And the fact that it was able to make that kind of an impact, it was very, very moving. It was a very emotional weekend. So that's why I say it was one of the most important films. It's, you know, most of the Afghanistan movies or the Iraq movies or those, you know, that came out over the past 15 years have all been about the special forces. Yep. You got Lone Survivor, American Sniper. The Outpost is about the grunts, the regular guys, the guys who have to rise up to the occasion, you know. Like These Jarhead? Are the guys that were going to the army to avoid credit stuff, dealing, you know, they, they had nowhere else to turn, so they joined the army, you know, and they did it, and they did it with grace, and they did it with honor. And that day showed up, and it kind of shows that everybody's got a little hero in them. You just got to rise to the occasion. I think that's an awesome lesson to learn. Well, not... Not learning per se, but it's it's a great one to take back from the film. Yeah. So totally. what, what was one of your favorite parts of boot camp? You know, I know that it's a sentimental piece, and you know, it's that you've um, and of course, it had the impact on the community. But what parts of it were fun for you, like specifically? I loved it. I love that stuff. I've been training with guns. I make action movies for a living. I've been training with guns and running around with seals and soldiers for years. So, actually, one of the best things is that I. <laughs> One of the fa- my favorite parts of uh, boot camp is we, you know, we were going through how to change magazines on the M4 very quickly. And I told the guys, I'm like, guys, I've got experience in this. I can do it. So Jericho was like, okay, look, if you can do it faster, me and Caleb Landry Jones who plays Ty Carter in the film. He had been practicing that and practicing that and practicing that. He was really fast at it. He's like, if you can be do it very faster than Caleb, then you can get out of boot camp. <laughs> I was like, sure, no problem. I'm like, also, if I get out of boot camp, means I can also go and produce the movie because I'm the main producer of the movie. So I was like, okay, sure. So there's actually a video somewhere, I think on my Instagram or somewhere, me and Caleb are, are you know, competing on changing the magazine and I destroyed him. Nice. I absolutely violated <laughs> And I was like, I'm out of boot camp. See you guys. <laughs> That's right. But I'll... I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. We ran exercises. We worked out. It was great. And plus, great. since your parents are Israeli, if you ever went back to Israel, you probably would have had to, you know, do your service in the IDF. Yeah. I, I look, I did this uh, Marva program. It's a three-month program when I was out in Israel a long, long time ago. It's like basic training. But I didn't like stay and join the army to join the army. You know, I wanted to, but I really wanted to be in the movie business. But a part of me also really wanted to be a soldier. All my cousins are highly decorated soldiers. Both of my cousins who are brothers are in the unit Duv Devan, which is what Fauda is about. Um, my stepbrother and my stepmom love that show. Oh, yeah. Great show. Actually, uh, I've got a couple of friends on that show. And so, yeah, I mean, I always loved that stuff since I was a kid. I've always loved military things. God, I just, you know, classic I totally Boy. feel that. I mean, my dad was in the army, so of course, you know, I had that exposure, and it really doesn't help the fact that I work at a gun range right now, run, running their social media. So I kind of also know how to change, not mags quickly, but you know, I can change them if need did in the future. Yeah, of course. It, yeah, exactly. It's a good skill to know. And, yeah, and then you learn how to shoot under pressure, and um, oh, I think so it's they do the entire know, thing then, like the entire shebang bang. Everything, everything, everything. So you've been fired out with live no. ammunition. Not that we didn't use live ammunition at all. I want to go on the record saying that because there's been some production in the past that we're dealing with a lot of ammunition that bad things happen. So no, there was no, we're very safe okay. here at Millennium Film. Well, that's good because my dad, when he told me that when he had to like go through prone and they shot um, bullets overhead to them, those were actual rounds that were going over his head while he was Yeah, crying. no, no, we, we didn't do that. That I mean, look, at the end of the day, we're making a movie here. Like, <laughs> it's like, you can't do that. Insurance would never allow. <laughs> yeah, actually. We yeah. would never do it. <laughs> oh god, yeah. I can just imagine like the insurance company that like has to deal with all those like on set mishaps and whatnot. Mm-hmm. 
Like it's scary. Yeah. And uh, speaking of guys running around with guns, I know that you've done the Expendables and Rambo. So my question is, so you've worked with Sylvester Stallone a lot. Yes. How is he? I love him. He's a genius. He's a genius and a real artist. He's specific. He knows exactly what he wants and how he wants it, which I really respect. But what's crazy is the first time I got to meet him or start working with him, I'm like pinching myself because I love Rocky growing up. I mean, what kid doesn't? And um, I was like, I can't believe I get to work with the people that I basically idolized growing up. And Sly was one of those. Like, I got nervous the first time I met him. Now he's, you know, and now we've got each other on speed dial but <laughs> we're doing a couple of movies you know we've done a lot of stuff together but he's great you know he's really great and he's a real writer and a filmmaker and look if you think about it he's one of the most famous people on the planet you can go to a indigenous tribe somewhere in the world that doesn't have access to internet stuff and they know who rocky is oh easy you know? easy you know it's amazing it's amazing really amazing he's really primal in that his characters are primal and that's you know and uses nature of what a character would do and he's always about the underdog and i and i love that you know first blood was about an underdog it was about an underserviced group of people which were these vietnam vets coming back to america and getting treated like garbage rocky is an underdog you know he plays that really well and in life we find ourselves as underdogs in whatever aspect that we're in you know and people can really relate to that and relate to really going the distance and keep punching as sly always says keep punching keep punching life. So, um, yeah, I love that. And so, um, yeah, I think he's great. I mean, they're all those older guys. They're all great, man. Arnold and Dolph Lundgren and Mel Gibson. How is it with Jet Li? Oh, Jet Li. I, Jet Li's great. I mean, I only met Jet Li once because he was always shooting scenes in China. But um, makes sense. he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, he's great. They're all great. Definitely. Oh, another crazy one. My favorite franchise, one of my favorite franchises that we have is the Has Fallen franchise. Like Olympus Has Fallen, London Has Fallen Angel. Jerry Butler is one of my best friends. He was one of my groomsmen. And um, Really? He, uh, yeah, we've known each other for many, many years. Many, many years. Um, and actually, we were just laughing. I was just talking to him a little bit ago because he's doing press on his new movie and I'm doing press on my new movie. And our, we have the same release date this Friday. Oh, awesome. That's playing. But I remember watching 300 in the movie theaters when it came out. Back I was just about to say that. And, uh, and looking at this guy, I'm like, this guy seems awesome. And there I am 10 years later, or less than 10 years later, working with him. I thought it was crazy. And then, and then, like, we really hit, like, and we're buds. Like, he really is one of my closest friends. And that's kind of surreal and nuts. And, but I, it's the world I live in now can i say you know man that is man those are all such cool stories because when you as soon as you said jerry butler i'm like the first thing that came into my mind was when my dad brought me um in sixth grade he let me skip school that day and we went to go see 300 and i remember one of the sex scenes scenes came up and he looked at me and he goes are you all right and i go yeah dad we're cool you know it's just one of those <laughs> moments <laughs> dude when i was nine years old i convinced my dad to take me to the movies to watch go watch don't be a menace while drinking your juice in the hood did you ever see that movie no i haven't <laughs> It is an insane, it's with the Waynes brothers. It was one of those movies that makes fun of like Fridays or all these movies about the hood that would come out in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy, crazy. And it's like, you could, there were so many inappropriate things happening, especially for a nine-year-old. And my dad kept looking at me and he's like, oh, I can't believe I did this. And I'm like, like really, you know, loving the movie. Oh man, it was crazy. Uh, it's always that parents thing, you know. 
see, for a little while when I was younger, I, I kind of wanted to be an actor. But then one th- thought that I've always had is I've always wondered what it would be like if you did a nude scene and like your entire family watches it. It's like, are they OK with it or? Well, you don't have to do nude scenes, you know. OK, you know what? That's fair. Um, My wife's an actor. She won't do, she won't go nude. Your wife is really she, funny, by the way. She made a yeah. Oh, thank you. She's a, she's a genius. <laughs> I love her so much. She's really just a genius. But yeah, no, she she probably won't do that. You don't have to. But yeah, I I understand like that feeling of like you do a sex scene or you do a thing. And you're like my family's gonna watch this. Yeah, and I'm like a, I imagine like all the the families of the people on Game of Thrones. <laughs> Oh, no. or like seeing like their character's head cut off. It's like, oh my God, my baby. It's like, mom, I'm right here. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's a hard one. We actually, uh, in my movie, in the, my movie, the offering that's coming out this Friday, the young girl in the movie, she had, there's like a missing poster. Cause it's a girl that's, we open the movie that there's this girl that's missing and she's like nine or 10 years old and she's a real actress. And she was actually the daughter of one of the producers out in Bulgaria. And so we had these missing posters made of her and we put one on our office and the mom came into the offices and she saw that and she yelled at all of us. She's like, that is, no, that is not even funny. That is not even thing. I don't want this out past the movie. And so we have to take it all down. It's just like, well, that's like, how you know you, know, you did a good job. You see your, your kid. Yeah, you see your kid's face on a missing poster and I get it. I'm like, but it's the character. It's a character. She's like, well, she just wasn't having it. And I don't blame her. You know, but The mom, clearly, she couldn't, she didn't want to watch the movie. And I don't blame her. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's kind of like King Joffrey being such a little prick in the show that in real life, he's like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go back. He quit acting for because of that. Did he really? Yeah, he quit acting. Apparently, he's like becoming a teacher last time I saw. But yeah, people kept giving him shit for King Joffrey. Wow. Yeah, that's how you know you did a good job. Yeah, that's great. Hey. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. So we've already found so much about you, but um, I kind of want to go into my favorite part of any Big DK Energy episode, which is the bonus question round. It's 10 questions that I pre-wrote, but you do not know about them. However, they are appropriate enough where you will still remain co-president. Is that fair? Okay, go for it. Excellent. So with that being said, question number one, you're starring in your dream role. What is it? And what is the movie about? Oh, and name four other cast members. Oh, my dream role. There'd probably be another war film. But I wanted to do, I always wanted to do a movie about the Palmach, the first army in Israel. Okay, got it. Wasn't uh, wasn't Dr. Ruth a sniper for them? Who? Dr. Ruth, the sex doctor. I don't know if it was for the IDF directly, but like Dr. Ruth Westheimer, one of the most famous sex doctors, she was apparently a scout sniper for the... Oh, wait, I think it was for the Haganah. Never mind. Yeah, Haganah. I'm talking about the Haganah, the Palmach, yeah, yeah, and 48. Yeah, I think so. That's pretty crazy. I mean, there was a lot of women uh, fighting. But I would love to do that story and play my grandfather. You know, I think my, my grandfather was in Auschwitz. And once the war ended and they were liberated, he went to Israel and he was 17. And he fought in the Palmach and he was captured as a prisoner of war by Jordan from 1948 to 1951. And after that, built was one of the people that built the country. And so um, I always wanted to do that and play him and make a story about that, about this perseverance, what these people went through. As far as my co-stars, I don't know. Probably some people from the cast of Fauda, <laughs> like for a story like that. My favorite actor that I'd ever want to work with in my whole life is Tom Hanks. Good choice. I love Tom Hanks. I know his wife Rita really well. She sang the song on the outpost, but... Forrest Gump is my favorite movie of Same all here. time until, until the Fablemans came out. 
when I was born, my first date that my parents went on was to go see Forrest Gump. And so since he was still at the army at the time, you know, the part where he flies into Nam, everybody got rowdy. Oh, wow. Honestly, now that I think about it, Natalie Portman would also be good in that movie because isn't she Israeli? Yeah, she's Israeli. She'd be good. I know she's Jewish, but, you know, f- but her name, last name is Herzog, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, correct? I yeah. think so. Dude, your grandpa's a badass. I would 100% watch that story, honestly. So, um, you know, when you when you uh, have that movie coming out, uh, you can come back on the show and promote that. How about that? Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Question number two. What's a movie that you associate with a good memory for you? Oh, uh, Hook. Really? Yeah. I remember going to see that movie in the theaters with my brother and my dad when I was a kid in Jersey. And I loved it so much that when I went home, movies for me are magical. I'm a cinephile. So I love movies. I get lost in movies. I would watch them, rewind them and watch them again. And I wanted to know how to make them. And I wanted to know how to live in them. And I wanted real life to be movies. That's where my love for it comes. I love expressing myself in that medium. I love that art. The art also tears me apart at the same time because I've got a story that I really, really want to tell. And sometimes it's, you know, you got to get it out. Movies help me get through rough times, great times, heartbreaks, like so many aspects of my life. And so Hook was a beautiful memory because I remember going with my dad and brother to watch it in, the, in like the $5 cinema <laughs> near uh, Jersey in the Washington Township. And when I got home, I immediately went to the basement to go play Hook. Like to go play imagination and go play hook. And that's what I do with a lot of the films. Popeye was another one <laughs> that I have a great memory of. I was really young and I remember watching that movie for the first time, the Robin Williams version, which was so ridiculous and out there, but I loved it. Oh my God. I love Robin Williams. May he rest in peace. Absolutely. I actually got to work with him. I actually got to work with him and I feel very lucky about that. I made a movie called The Big Wedding years ago and he was in it. And he's a delightful, he was delightful. And um, I remember in Popeye, so, you know, he drinks the spinach. Of course. So what I did was I remember my mom, this like steam kind of spinach or like, you know, saute, whatever, spinach thing. And I would put it in like a yogurt thing and cover it. And when we go to the public pool, I would squeeze it open and drink it, you know, <laughs> and drink it thinking that I got the powers and swim. And I was going to say, did your arms get like super big, like soup all of a sudden? In my imagination, they did. That's all that matters. <laughs> oh, and Home Alone. Hopefully you didn't have, have to. Great memories from home alone. Okay, I was about to say you didn't have to do that. I used to have the map. I used to try to. I used to try to set all the booby traps in my house growing up. I got in a lot of trouble for it. I was about to say your parents must have loved that. Oh yeah, they were. I did. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what was the best one that you got them with? The best one. Oh, it was really fucked up. I got them <laughs> with the cars, the, the little Hot Wheel cars on the floor. Oh no. <laughs> They didn't fall. My mom didn't fall, but she stepped on one and she got really angry. <laughs> you know. Oh, man. I'm uh, sure that must have been fun. Dumb and Dumber was another one. Dumb and Dumber because I was when we were moving from Jersey to Florida, one of the things me and my father did was he, he rented a budget truck and I was, and I was like, like nine and we were drove down to Florida with all this stuff, but we talked about Dumb and Dumber the entire way. This is like in 95, 96 when the movie just came out. And we talked about it the entire time because I'd seen it so many times. We were laughing the entire time. The first thing we did when we got to Florida before even driving this truck home is we stopped that video store to buy the VHS and then brought it home to watch it. So it was just like, it reminds me of a really nice time with my father. 
That's beautiful. And, you know, hearing VHS, I'm thinking, did you guys go to Blockbuster or something like that? I think so. I think it was Blockbuster or another store, another just, just mom and pop video shop. Hopefully you guys didn't do the most annoying uh, sound in the world the entire time. <laughs> yeah. The most <laughs> so that being said, question number three, you are living in your favorite movies universe. Uh, what is it and what is your role in that universe? Middle Earth and I'm Aragon. Great answer. You know what? That is the best answer anyone could give. I will give a thousand percent stamp of approval. Thank you. <laughs> I'm kind of weird in this way, but I want to take a Lord of the Rings tour of New Zealand because I want to see where everything was filmed. Yeah, me too. Me too. You can go do that tour, actually. And I think one night, one of the nights you can actually stay in like Hobbiton. Yeah, the Shire. Ah, uh, the Shire just looks very peaceful, but at the same time, at some point in the in the story of Middle Earth, orcs did invade the Shire, so they somehow beat them back, which is awesome. But being short and stubby, I I didn't expect much out of them. Anyway, mm-hmm. number four, you're creating your dream festival, and it's benefiting a charity of your choice. Name eight headliners and the charity that's being benefited. First off, the charity that's being benefited is Vet Focused, helping uh, veterans. And um, the headliners are Red Hot Chili Peppers. Excellent. Can they be dead people too? Or yes. people are just still alive? No, okay. de- dead too. Dead too. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Johnny Cash. I want to see Willie Nelson. Now I want to bring comedians up also. George Carlin, do a performance. Dave Chappelle, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And um, two more. Pearl Jam. And Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder? Yeah, Eddie Vedder. Sorry, that last part cut off. But yeah, um, so I guess he would do his own solo act from Pearl Jam then. Is it? Yes, he would do his own solo act as well. Got it. I don't think I've ever heard any of his like, oh, solo Actually, you know what? So I, I say, I, I take it back. I would have Eddie Vedder and then not Pearl Jam. I'd have the Smashing Pumpkins. Ooh, okay. Awesome. Billy Corgan thrown into that mix. All right. Yes. All right. Oh, man, that sounds like a good time. Wish that was a real thing that yeah. was coming up. Yeah, right, me too. <laughs> actually, I was like, shit, should we get tickets? But I guess there are... We'll make you'll you'll eventually make that happen, I'm sure. Or you'll probably make a film where, where that's the case, and probably get Anthony Kiedis to do some cam- cameo or something like that. Yeah. So number five, dream vacation and itinerary. Um, I always take great, beautiful vacations with my wife. We've been just having dream vacations every year. But right now, what I really want to do is go live on a ranch for a while. Just like out probably in Montana. Out, yeah, Wyoming, Montana. I just want to go live on a ranch. I want to do the cattle drive or something like that, and just. You know, Yellowstone it. I was I was gonna say that exact verb, just Yellowstoning life. It's all, I mean, before Yellowstone, my dream my dream is to own a ranch one day. You know, I really want to get some land and have a ranch. So even before Yellowstone, but uh, but that would be my dream vacation right now. The itinerary would just be hanging by the fire, riding horses, using my boat, probably going on archery. I'm 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 a competitive archer, so um, do a lot a lot of archery, a lot of 3D archery, and uh, hang out with my wife, of course, and ride with her. My wife loves horses, and um, just have a great time, eat good food. That's it. I don't, we're not big on itineraries. We like to just chill. Okay, just winging it. I was about to say that food is probably the freshest you can get because it's probably from your ranch. Yeah, hell yeah. Nothing's better than the food that you've killed yourself. Wait, what? Anyway, number six. <laughs> number six. You're getting drinks with three of your role models that are not friends or family. Who are they? Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg, and... Um, oh, I really want to have drinks with Mark Cuban. Huh, okay. Another member of the tribe? Yeah, another member of the tribe, but I really want to meet Mark Cuban. I'm a big fan of his. 
I like the way he talks. I like the way he conducts himself. Yeah, he's a... So Mark Cuban is listening. Mark, I want to talk to you. <laughs> he probably would. That's the thing. You know, he doesn't seem like an offish guy, which is, like, pretty cool to no, see. No, he doesn't at all. He doesn't at all. I like him. I like the way he conducts himself. Yeah, he's, like, the most fun one on the Shark Tank out of all of them, or at least... I agree. Opinion. I agree. I'm glad I'm not the only one that sees that. But anyway, number seven, what's a food that you can eat forever and not gain weight? However, that means you have to get rid of one food forever. Okay, I think the food that I could eat forever is sushi. And if I have to have that forever, then I have to get rid of something else. It's a hard one because I love food. I'd get rid of sweets. Okay, got it. You're going to make dentists a lot more poor, but that's okay. That means that there's yeah. less cavities to be needed. Exactly. Number eight. You've been tasked with coming up with a team to rescue a princess from a hostage situation. Whether real or fake, the people, name your five-man team to save the day. Oh, I would use Jericho and Ray that I use on the outpost, for sure. My friend Henry Hughes, who was in the outpost, who was actually also stationed at the real outpost. And I would have to bring probably Stallone and Jerry Butler. Oh, and I bring my friend J.J. Perry. J.J. Perry is uh, from 8711. He's a director, too. He's from the, the stunt guy. He's a badass. Hmm. If he's a stunt guy, I can only imagine. I wonder, like, what kind of insurance um, they have to take out on their own bodies because they're going through that much physical oh, they trauma. they get by the production. Oh, yeah. They get insured by the production, though. Okay, I can only imagine how much it's for, though, because um, some of this... Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, some of these stunts are insane. Have you ever done any of them? No, I haven't really done any crazy stunts, but like I, I did a lot of running and gunning in the movies. Got it. Okay, sweet. Number nine, what is one of your favorite places on the planet? Interlaken, Switzerland. Why is that? It reminds me of Middle Earth. <laughs> you asked <laughs> me about where I want to be. Okay, you it know really what? Reminds Okay, you know that's fair with all the mountains. Yeah, I can only imagine. And also, another favorite place in my planet is honestly wherever my wife is. Oh, that's beautiful. You are each other's homes, I guess, is a way of putting it. Yes, we are. We really are. I know it sounds cheesy, but we are. I love that for you. You know, Mazel Tov on that. Um, actually, here's Thank a you. here's a part B to that question. What was your favorite place to film? I love filming in Bulgaria. Hmm. That's where we film a lot of our films. Uh, in the UK. I like to film there a lot, but Bulgaria. Hmm. It's, it has some of the best crews, great sets, unbelievable people to work with. It's great over there. Oh, man, I'm, I'm really hoping one day I can, you know, make it over there because, um, you know, I love history. So I know. Down. I'd love to have you. Oh, man, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I'll definitely take you up on that. We're having such a fun time, Jonathan, that we're actually at the last question. Yeah. And the last oh, okay. So the last question is, it's the same question that I ask everybody. However, the answers always vary. And that is, what is your best, most recent accomplishment? Well, getting the offering out. That was a labor of love for seven years. Seven years? No. Yeah. We were working on that script for a long time, and it comes out this Friday. That and getting the outpost done. That was the one that I was working on for eight years. So it's funny. People see these things come out, but they don't realize the work behind it. Uh, so those are my two, as far as work accomplishments go. Any personal accomplishments? Getting married. Oh, Mazel you know, Tov. Uh, when was getting it? Getting married. I was married. I got our one year anniversary was on October 24th. Getting Mazel married tov. and having a partner and building a home with them. And I'm very proud of that. Oh man, Jonathan, that's freaking awesome. Well, you know, that is awesome. And just your entire story is awesome from, parents who've immigrated from another country to sleeping in your in your car to now where you are man it's just um your story is freaking awesome you know what you, what I just tell other people i just want to say that 
you can really do anything that you put your mind to. And I know that that's, people say that all, all the time, but all it does is just take the work. Just do the work. And if you find something that you love, you don't feel like you're working anyway, so it doesn't matter. And I'm glad you found that for yourself. Thank you. Of course. Well, Jonathan. Thank you very much. Of course, man. So for being such an awesome guest, but then also for having the drive to um, eventually work in the industry and put out some of my favorite movies out, that's why I think you, Jonathan Younger, have big DK energy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Do I get a plug? plaque or something um i'll get a plaque or a hat out to you whatever you want oh hats are good i'm a big hat make wearer okay um i got caps and buckets so just tell me and i'll send one right to you sounds good thank you so much of course and um thank you danny of course and we'll we're gonna put all jonathan's social media links in the description box below including that to millennium media and um besides the offering is there anything else you want to say or promote well, we're shooting this movie right now called Subservience that'll be ready for next year, starring Megan Fox. And, uh, and Expendables is coming out in September. Awesome, man. I can't believe I got to hear something like that, uh, you know, on my yeah. show. That, I feel really proud. So um, thank you for that. Of course. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for yours as well, man. I know you're busy out there in Tinseltown and whatnot. But uh, if we have nothing else to speak about, I'm Danny K. the Big DK Energy Podcast, and we are signing out. Take care. Thanks, Danny.